Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Allison. Joining me today, we have Monica Strand. She is a realtor and an author and a pro in client building relationships and how to really make those strong connections with the people that you work with to help you grow your business. And like I said, she's an author. She wrote a children's book on moving and and how to kind of walk through that with a child, which is super exciting. And we're going to be talking to her about that as well. So Monica, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited to be here and meet all your people out there listening. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Super excited to to be hearing from you. But before we get started on today's show, I have to ask our signature question that we ask all of the guests who join me on the podcast, which is since the show is called The Real View, I would like to know what is the best view that you've ever seen? Oh, you know, I love that question. And I'm a California girl, so my gut instinct is to say California sunsets, but I feel like that's a cop-out because that's too easy because I live here in California. (laughs) So I I actually, I have another idea, and it's not actually a visual sunset or a, a place like outside that I think most people would think what's the best view, but I have to just take everybody to close their eyes for a minute and picture if they love something like Broadway, because my husband and I took our kids when they were younger on the plane and went across country and we splurged and we paid for front row tickets for Phantom of the Opera. (gasps) And my, my whole family just, we really love entertainment and, you know, the liberal arts. My husband actually works in the movie industry and my oldest daughter now is a, was a music teacher. She's now a mom, so she's taking some time off, but my whole family, my other daughter got into drama and being in the front row at a moment in the play, looking over at my husband, catching his eyes and watching the mesmerized looks of my kids. Oh. I was bawling. I just literally lost it. I was like, this is worth every penny. That's the good stuff in life, right? Yeah. (laughs) I will never, ever forget that view of the stage front row watching the musicians in the pit so perfectly in tune with one another. They didn't really have to warm up much. They knew what they were doing. They were so in tune with what they were doing and the actors and the the looks on my kids' faces. I will never forget that view. <laughs> I love that you said yeah. that. So, and I, I am the biggest musical Broadway fan as well. I, I was literally oh, listening cool. to Phantom of the Opera on my way into the office this morning. So, Oh my gosh, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, and they're, I, I and was. They're finally, they're closing down now. I can't even yes. believe that it's going to be over. I mean, the longest running show on Broadway, no less. So I I feel very fortunate that we actually got to see it on Broadway. And my youngest daughter, my, she actually got to, they, they did the show here in California at a college she was going to and watching her actually get to be in the show was just, that was just like full circle moment. So yeah, I love Broadway, love Broadway. 
Me too. And I love that you said that because my mom tells a similar story about she took me and my brother and sister to see Lion King on Broadway when we were young. And she said, looking over and seeing your guys' pupils wide open, your jaws dropped, and just like you had never seen anything. And my mom tells a very similar story. So I love that you said that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And and we've seen Lion King too here in San Francisco. And it was incredible. Just uh, anyone listening, if you've never gone to see a live performance like something like that, it is worth every penny. It seems expensive in the moment, but it's one of those memories you never forget. Agreed. So go go get your um, Broadway show tickets. Exactly. To this. <laughs> exactly. I think they're running Phantom through December is the rumor. There you go. <laughs> no, oh, I love that. Goodness. I love that. Okay, so I want to hear a little bit about you. How did you get started in real estate? Tell me a little bit about you, your career journey, and, and what that path has looked like. I'm a true entrepreneur. I, when I was 19, I was heavily into ballet. And rather than going away to a four-year college at that point in time, I was teaching ballet and loved dancing. And I opened a dance clothing store. And I did that for a few years with another gal who was older than me and had four kids. And of course, I wasn't married and had kids yet. And I, I wanted to franchise and do more and she didn't. So I ended up walking away from that. And down the road, when I got married, I lived in Los Angeles with my husband and we owned a coffee house. And then after the earthquake and our first baby was born, we went back to where babysitting was free <laughs> in the Bay Area. Then we ran a fundraising company together for 17 years, helping schools raise money with coffee that we produced ourselves and did custom labels. So I've always been an entrepreneur. And after our kids were older, my husband decided to go back into the movie industry. And I always had a passion about getting into real estate, but I never did it. I took the first real estate class fresh out of high school, and then I ended up opening the dance clothing store. So I jumped into real estate and I've been doing real estate for the last five years. I had this idea about writing a children's book when I couldn't find a a great gift for kids on closing day. So I'm still an agent right now, but I might be morphing into a referral agent so that I can focus on my book because I have this big idea to to let all the agents all over the nation know about my book. And I have been doing that for the last few months. And it's a lot of work marketing a product. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a it's full-time, full-time job. job. Yeah. It is. So I can't juggle everything. So I'm while I'm talking to you right now, I'm kind of at a crossroads of, am I going to switch over to referral agent only? Because I, I literally can't do it all. And so I'm, I think I'm morphing into my next business. I think I'm becoming a children's writer at this That's point awesome. in time. <laughs> That's, and, and I just, I love the topic too of this. And, and as I was researching you and learning a little bit more, um, you know, about you in, in your book and it's, you're right. How do you explain and I will let you, I don't want to give away, I want you to to talk about what the book is about, but just the, the idea and the concept is something that I don't think I've ever thought about when you think of buying or selling homes is like the impact that it has on the family and the kids as a whole. So we're going to get into that at the end of this episode, but I want to talk about building client relationships and, and how important it is to this business. And as realtors, we we all know this, right? It's essential, but talk to us about why it is so important to build those strong client relationships? Well, first off, obviously gaining their trust. If you don't have their trust, there is no relationship. And I learned 
pretty early on because of my business background, how important building relationships are. And I learned, you know, it didn't matter if I was selling point shoes or a cup of coffee or a bag of coffee in my fundraising business or a million dollar home. They all were the same thing. They were building a relationship where the person would trust you and hopefully come back and utilize your service again. And in all of my businesses, that was something that I was able to achieve. Being in the business only five years in real estate, I actually did have a few clients where I did help them more than once or they referred to me. I mean, I hadn't been in the business long enough to gain a lot of those customers that are selling their house again, that type of thing. But building your referral network and having them trust you enough to think of you for questions or all of that is such a better way to build your business rather than constantly chasing the new people out there. Of course, you need new business too, but building the trust of someone so that they'll think of you again is a critical part of real estate and actually in in running any business. And I really found that it started the minute you were introduced to that person, whether someone referred the person to you, or in my case, I... I was kind of the open house <laughs> queen when I first started. I, I'll do it, I'll do it. I was doing all the open houses and I would treat the open house like a party and do all these fun things like projects or something that the kids could take or do to keep them entertained, maybe in the backyard if the house was big enough or in a little corner on the floor, like coloring books or anything I could come up with. I had a signature move where I would let them bring home a little wooden birdhouse. And because it was a house, the parents would remember me and and I would get business from that after playing it cool during the open house with the parents, but connecting with the children. So that was sort of a integral part of me building my business. And I they they trusted me, you know, it just that it was just a cool thing. There's so many ways to build trust. I mean, again, I think it starts when you first meet them. And for me and for a lot of agents, especially new agents, it will happen at an open house. The words that come out of your mouth and listening, listening to what they need, that is such a key, key piece. And then once you actually earn their trust, getting them to sit down with you and taking the time to really learn what they want, if they're especially a first-time home buyer in this situation, let's say. And really, again, listening to what they need and want and following through with finding those things. And I would do things like go open doors and look at properties without the client and see if it would even be a good fit. And, you know, and then videotape maybe a quick little moment and say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm, I'm on broker tour and I saw this house and rather than waste their time and show them 10 houses, I got really good at being able to show five houses. And a lot of the times it was the first house I showed that was the one that they were going to go after because I listened good enough to know what they want. Weed out the garbage and save them time. A lot of my clients worked in Silicon Valley and they're busy. They're engineers and you know high tech working at Facebook and Google and Tesla and whatever. And time is always critical, especially if they have kids. And a lot of my clients had kids. So you always try to save them time. Always be considerate of what they need. Very, very important. That's so important. And that listening, right? I think that is like such a big thing. And I know as human beings, we aren't always the best listeners sometimes, but just practicing that is so important. And it goes such a long way in dealing with this industry. And I'll be the first to admit, 
I love talking. <laughs> I learned early on. Well, I was actually really shy when I was a kid, really shy. Like when I was, I moved when I was six and I remember being super shy and I don't even remember the real estate agent paying attention to me at all. <laughs> so, but as I got older and I started teaching ballet, that's where I got my voice. I learned, hey, I need to speak up if people are going to listen to me. And then I realized that listening side is super important. Otherwise, you can't be a good teacher or a good provider of service if you're something like a real estate agent. You need to understand what do they need. Otherwise, the relationship's not going to be there. And a good agent's going to understand that you can't help everybody. They're not all going to be suited for you. So knowing how to walk away if it's not the right fit and maybe match them up to somebody else is also a really smart move with agents. And I think some agents miss that. They're so hungry to have a deal. And maybe these people just aren't the right personalities or something doesn't fit. Then maybe it's not the right match. Maybe you should let it go. Le knowing how to say no and helping your clients know how to say no. If they're going to do, they want to do something that is just not good. Building a relationship means not being afraid to say no. Like if they want to overbid or undercut the seller, if they're the buyer or pay for things that they shouldn't be offering, just giving that good advice. That's so, so important. Yeah, absolutely. Extremely important. And that helps build that trust aspect too. Those are all ideas that I do like before the deal is done. I mean, doing texting houses or just texting, hey, I'm thinking about you. How are you doing? Do you want to maybe meet on Friday or Saturday to show homes? I have availability, like thinking ahead of the week because otherwise you get frustrated with clients and they get frustrated with you because you didn't think enough ahead to calendar it in. Hey, we have time for two hours on Sunday. Let's let's gather. Can you get babysitting or do you need to bring the kids? I can give them some coloring books in the back of the car. Like be thoughtful. Listening and time are two words that just really need to be brought to the, the front in this industry. And I think sometimes it's forgotten. And then during the actual, if they get into escrow, being very thoughtful during the crazy stressful part of escrow and keeping in touch and then making sure they're feeling um, validated of their feelings because there's a lot of feelings going on during a transaction. A lot. And, <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of times newer agents in particular, they're running kind of like they're chickens with their heads cut off waiting for this deal to happen. And if they could just slow down and take a deep breath and think about being in their client's shoes for a minute and think, you know, how are they feeling? Oh gosh, they're probably a little stressed out right about now. They're going to be writing the biggest check of, you know, taking all that money out of the bank and mm -hmm. moving it around and trying to bring the human side back into real estate because it is a very big process. It is. <laughs> At closing day, it's not over. That's when the relationship really begins because one of my favorite things um, after, especially first time home buyers, if they moved out of their family's house or they were in a tiny space, they're probably going to need a lot of things. So one of my favorite things to do was, you know, I didn't run and hide and never see them again. Yay. Moving on to the next client mentality. I, I would say, all right, sometime next week, let's get together. I'm bringing you on a $500 shopping spree. And that would be like one of my closing gifts would meet them at home goods and let them pick out everything they want while I had my calculator adding it all up. And it was such a fun thing to do. And now there's all this stuff in their house that I bought them so that they're going to remember me. And it's also 
for the real estate agent, it can be a great marketing tactic. They can videotape the experience and put it on their social media. I was kind of known for <laughs> doing those shopping sprees with first-time home buyers. It's it's fun. And you it's know? so and, true. And now you're spending more time with them. You know, you're yeah. spending it shows that you care. You know, you're spending more time with the client. You didn't just buy them some random gift card and bye, I'm done. A bottle got of champagne my, and see you later, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone falls into that trap of the same kind of thing. And I mean, some agents may not even give gifts and that's just their style, but I just always love to shower them with gifts. And if and if you don't want to go on a shopping spree, that's not their deal. Maybe they want a fun little party to I've invited all the neighbors from a street, depending on the personality of the client. Some clients are shy and don't want to do that, but it can be a pizza party or a pie party and everybody just comes to say hello and meet the new neighbor and, you know, and they can invite their friends too. And again, now that does open up the door to referral business. So absolutely. And it goes back to kind of what you said, you know, learning and listening and knowing your clients so well to be able to know what they would like you know, out, out of that experience. Exactly. Yeah. Like what gift? I don't have that cookie cutter gift I would give my clients. Each one was different. It depended. Did they have kids? Are they shy? Do they, are they outgoing? Would they like me to invite all the neighbors on the street to a party? And then, and then you have to be at the party. You don't leave it to them. You bring the party to them. I mean, that's the fun of it is make it easy for them. They had enough on their plate, but I, I think bringing the creativity into real estate has really been the joyous part for me is bringing creativity in and how can I make this a cool experience buying a house or selling a house. But I would say a huge portion of these fun ideas were coming from first-time home buyers because they're the funnest, I think, because they're the most excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really are. And it's their first they time really going are. through this, you know, and it's something yeah. that they've waited most all their whole life for, you know, to reach that point. Exactly. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. Do you see the the relationship building process changing or not changing in the next few years? So we know how quick just the real estate market changes kind of in general. What do you what do you think the future of client building relationship is going to look like? Do you think it's going to stay the same or are we going to see some things changing and, and changing as the market changes? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, if you think about, you know, technology and the world in general, I mean, I I think I'm a bit older than you. <laughs> I, um, you know, I just turned into a grandma. Uh, oh, congratulations! Uh, eight months ago. Thank you. So, you know, so now I have another generation to think about. But when I was a kid, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have computers, and all of the relationship building within humans, whether it's friends or teachers or adults or whatever, it was all 
in person. We we just didn't have those screens. And I don't know how things are going to continue to roll out over the next few years between the pandemic happening and we were all sent home and we only could hang out with whoever was in our little bubble. And now we're starting to open up again a little bit more throughout the whole nation. And I've always been a social butterfly and I love the human real contact more than my face and my computer and my phone all the time. But of course, social media has become a beast and we're all kind of part of it. If you're a realtor, you kind of need a presence on these platforms too. But I do think that in-person and client relationships are going to become more and more important as we see more companies trying to make these, I'll just call them e-deals. When I was a kid, if I wanted to book a flight, I had to go to the travel agent. Who does that anymore? I mean, I think there might still be a few people that offer that service, but I don't think real estate agents is, I don't think they're going to turn into dinosaurs. I really think that there's too many complicated steps and things involved in a real estate transaction for the deals to be done properly and watching both sides of the party to make sure it's a fair situation for everybody. I do think the human real estate agent is going to continue to stay super important, but it will be up to them to keep strong client relationships at the top of their mind at all times that otherwise they won't be needed. Otherwise going to be a bunch of e-paperwork from some company and you don't really see too many people, but I, I think that would be a sad day. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't ever want to get to where we are like putting homes in our Amazon carts, right? Like let's never get to that point. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and now, I mean, we're even seeing shopping malls are becoming dinosaurs. They're the stores can't afford the rent. They're trying to figure out how to fix things. I mean, in my area where I live right now, the mall has been going through transition, you know, for the last 20 years, it's trying to figure out what it wants to do. And now they're trying to finally add a a Costco on the edge of it and maybe build hotels and housing on a bunch of it. And they're constantly trying to change. And I, I think that that's the part that everybody has to remember is, yeah, it's a changing market constantly in real estate, but it's also a changing world all around us. So, so yeah, that's a really dynamic question. It's, it's hard, like, yeah, right? What, it's tough. What, yeah. What will happen? I mean, like what else beyond phones and computers and all this, you know, you, you wonder imagine, what else, you know, we can't you know, even imagine yet. My husband works in the movie industry, so they make movies of all kinds of stuff. Okay. Let's just pretend we're setting up a film. Okay. Now you're going to buy a house and you're going to sit in a car and there's no driver. It, you just tell it, I want to see five houses today with three bedrooms, please. They all need to be in XYZ cities. Go. That might happen, Elsa. You're right. You're you know, right. And it might not be say, as far. I'll be back in 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, I, and it might great. not be as far away as we think, right? My house is literally in between Tesla, Facebook, Google. I live in the heart of all of this stuff that's happening that didn't (laughs) exist when I was a little kid, roller skating and, you know, ice skating and riding my bike. Yeah. (laughs) So so you wonder, like, I wonder what my grandkid, what will this world be like at that point? Yeah. I mean, they are working with cars that do those kind of things. And then will there be some automated system where you say, okay, I liked house B the best can we put in an offer for a million dollars and I want to close in 20 days? 
Uh, yeah. You just, I yeah. It's, I hope it's, not. Right. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> because there's so many, there's so many variables that would be missed. I know. If a human, yeah. not every real estate agent is created equally. Sure. There might be some out there that miss things and don't maybe take the job as highly regarded as others. But I think for the most part, taking care of the client has to come first and worrying about what's involved in the house. If they're purchasing a house, is there anything hidden? Are we missing something? And e-selling <laughs> won't catch everything. I so. agree. Yeah. I, I Human do think, touch. Yes, I do. Like you said, I mean, you said it perfectly that it's such a complicated transaction that you would hope that you had a real person to help you guide through it. Yeah. I hope it doesn't become like a travel agent scenario. And the computer world has changed so many things. And and I know there are some companies already out there trying to minimize how many touches that are being done by an actual human. I mean, somebody has to open the door, but you know, we already have lock boxes and all that. I mean, if they wanted to start letting the general public have numbers and things that would be frightening. You know, it, it just shouldn't happen. Let's just say, <laughs> let's, let's hope it never does. So I want to talk about now your book. We teased it a little bit, but it, it's such a cool idea and a cool concept. And like I mentioned um, earlier in the show, something that you almost maybe gets missed a little bit is the impact that moving has on kids. So I want to hear about this idea, where did it come from? And, and tell us, you know, this whole, this whole, tell us the story about the story, we should say. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I kind of thought I might want to be a children's book writer, but I never did anything about it. I actually, gosh, when I was in high school, I even sent away, I think the place was called the Children's Institute of Literature. And it was, I think, in New York. And it was this humongous, big, fat, white binder that I ordered because I wanted to learn how to be a children's writer. And then, of course, I was in high school and I, I didn't pursue that, but it's still in the back of my mind. And it's funny that coming into the real estate world is where I finally decided to pursue writing a children's book because I was helping clients move. And it was a great house. They were moving from a smaller condo, but on closing day, when I, you know, I ended up buying just a few random gifts for the kids that they could play with in the backyard or what have you. But when I was searching, I kind of felt like, ah, oh, these aren't perfect for the kids. This isn't quite what I want. But anyway, as, as I handed over their gifts and stuff, the kids do look a bit nervous moving. It doesn't matter if the house is amazing. It's a scary time. They're being told to move all their stuff into boxes and there's all this chaos and they can feel the stress and tension and excitement within their parents, I think, and all that. The children kind of almost get overlooked. They're shorter. So a lot of the eye attention is with the real estate agent, with the parents. I make a very big point to bend down and talk to kids and engage with the kids and say, hey, let's go find which bedroom do you think you want? And that kind of stuff like make it about them because honestly, the kids are probably the most important part of life with those parents. So you've got to make it special for them as well. I really just felt like something needed to be created to be given to the children before the doors even open on closing day. So I was literally sitting on my couch one day and I just grabbed a piece of paper and I started scribbling out what ended up being my first children's book and it's it's called Welcome Home and after I wrote it I literally started crying because I thought this this is the perfect gift for kids 
that are moving and it makes them feel validated that everything's going to be okay. They are more important than making this move. And I even left a space on the back page for the real estate agent to send a picture of closing day for the family to keep inside the book. And, you know, a, a smart agent's probably going to leave their business card inside the the flap of the book. So, you know, seven years or so down the road, this book will probably still be in the kid's bedroom and hopefully they'll read it over and over. They'll remember the agent and hopefully the agent will keep in touch other ways too. <laughs> but the book is a real heartwarming piece to let the child know that, you know, moving is going to be okay. And now it's kind of become my passion project and labor of love to market the book and try to get it out to real estate agents. And I'm starting to really get that to happen now. It's it's taken some time because it has been a shift for me to try to figure out, okay, am I selling houses or am I selling books or am I doing both? And honestly, it's a lot of work. So I'm, and I, I love helping people. And so right now I think I'm choosing to try to help the real estate industry as a whole, all the agents who are listening that want to give a give gift, you know, go ahead and give a nice gift to the family that the child will adore and feel special. No, I, I, I think it's, it's, so cool. It's such a great idea. Something that's not talked about enough, you know, I, at least in my involvement in this industry is, is the impact moving has on young children. And I wish I would have known about this book. I had two friends with young children who just moved their families into different homes. And I was like, oh my God, I totally would have gotten this gift for them as a housewarming, you know? And I think that's something too, that would be just a great housewarming gift in addition to a closing gift. We all know how much families love reading and, and spending that time with the kids. And, and I think it's great. So I, I know you kind of tease a little bit more about becoming more involved with, with the writing and, and the marketing of this book. So what's next? Are we going to see maybe another book or so? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I've already written book two, but I haven't pushed it out to my illustrator yet, but it is the same characters I can just say that on the front cover of Welcome Home, the reason the family was moving was mom was pregnant. Book two is going to be covering another subject matter that also is very stressful for a child, and that's becoming the big sister or brother. Again, another situation where oh my gosh, mom went to the hospital to pop out this other kid and, <laughs> yeah. and they're in denial. They don't want it. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, by the end, by the end of the book, it's very heartwarming once again. Oh, so I I've, I've written it and that that's probably a um, book that'll be more of a broader audience. And I also, I think I'm writing a book about client relationships. That's not a children's book for real estate agents. And that is in my head right now as well. I, I feel like I have a lot of ideas and they can help seasoned agents that maybe have gotten a tad lazy or, or not tapping into their creative juices and feeling like I need some new ideas or a brand new agent who wants some fun arsenal. How can I get creative and and really build client relationships. So I'm kind of feeling a bit torn to go that route. Yeah, no, it sounds like a great idea. And absolutely, even just what you've shared today have has been very creative, very cool ideas. Um, and just brings that little spice, you know, into we all get kind of stagnant sometimes and it just helps electrocute your, your um, business a little bit more, which I think is really cool. Monica, tell our listeners where they can find more about you and more about your book. Where can they get in touch with you and find out more? 
Well, if they're on Instagram or TikTok, I, I just jumped onto TikTok a few months ago and it's a little bit more uh, fun and silly, but there's a huge thing called book talk. There's a lot of people that write books on TikTok. So I thought, okay, I'll give it a try. So <laughs> so if you just follow at Monica Strand, and I can spell that M-O-N-I-K-A-S-T-R-A-N-D, and I'm on both of those platforms pretty regularly. I also have the website where the book is, and it's also my name, monicastrand.com. And I I would love to give your listeners like a 20% discount code I can set up and it can just be the word. I think what would be easy is just Ohio 20 and it can be Ohio, all capital letters, like your logo and just the number two zero. And I'll, I'll set that up and I can run that, I don't know, maybe till the end of the year or something. And if they want to get a book and I offer the book not only as just a one purchase, I've designed it so that smart agents or big teams that do a lot of business don't have to keep thinking about, oh, I have to buy a gift. I have to buy the gift for the kids too. I'm selling them in bundle packs as well to save a little bit of money for the agent, but it's it's a great way to have them in their office ready to roll when they're when they're closing deals with kids. There and you that's go. That makes fun, sense. Yeah. Fun to sell. Yeah. It's fun to sell that way. And um, and it's been working the agents that are purchasing enjoy that. So yep, there you go. So go check out that book. It's called Welcome Home by Monica with a K. <laughs> Monica <laughs> Strand. And um, yeah, and that that's amazing. Thank you so much for for that discount code too. definitely check it out. It's a, it's a great book. And thanks for sharing everything on the show today, Monica. I know there was definitely some, some really great takeaways shared today that I know our agents will take with them as they move forward. So thank you so much um, for joining me on the show today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was real fun chatting with you. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.